Hello and welcome to episode 43 of the MTG Conflicts cast. My name is John and I'm joined by my co-host Chris today. E. Steven's out on break, but he'll be back next week. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Chris and I's PPTQ experiences from this past weekend, as well as a little bit about uh, SCG Indie. Uh, but first, let's kick things off with our weekly roundup, where we talk about what decks we piloted and played against this past week. Chris, we'll start with you. So, I played Amulet for the uh, PPTQs this past weekend. Played one both Saturday and Sunday, uh, and at FNM as well. <laughs> and uh yeah it was just a weekend of amulet i, I almost forgot about fnm lots and lots of amulet i guess i'll read to talk about fnm before we jump into the pbdqs um so i had mentioned the previous week that i got kind of destroyed at the gp side events playing amulet like i forgot what I, how to play the deck i didn't know what i was doing anymore well uh it seems i've regained some of my memories and uh went to a three zero and one finish at FNM to regain some of that stroke edit. <laughs> uh, intentionally drawing last round with Ad Nauseam, which is really good for me because we played for funsies and I got absolutely destroyed. <laughs> no splits kill them all? What happened to that? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know he was playing Ad Nauseam, actually, but um, he offered the draws, like, sure, fine. No big deal. Not a big deal. A sign of weakness. And a uh, good thing I would have been absolutely crushed. Uh, the, the, the Ad Nauseam uh, matchup is kind of like Storm, but worse. A sign of mercy, perhaps, then. <laughs> because the thing about Storm is that you can decide in this really cool card called Rurik Thar, the Unbowed. And it basically says six mana your opponent can't win the game anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, against Ad Nauseam, this is not the case. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess seems a little true. bit less good. Uh, both games, he just had the combo in his in like in hand and just went off on turn uh, uh, four each game, I believe. Hmm. <laughs> I think the second game was through a piece of interaction. Yeah, I guess spell pierce or something. Well, I because he had two Lotus Bloom suspended. On, one on turn one, one on turn two. And he played a Penta Prism on turn two. So I was thinking about it. If I should just seal Primordium and blow up his Penta Prism, or would try and wait for the Lotus Bloom to resolve and shoot the Lotus Bloom. Turns out it didn't matter. He had the combo in his hand and enough mana to do whatever the hell it is that he wanted to do anyway. Turns out that was kill you. Yeah. <laughs> Although I put up uh, a good fight, game one, with... Uh, five lands of my own in my hand to discard to uh, try to redirect the lightning storm back at him. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was able to somehow beat five lands. Yeah, Amulet can actually pick a fight pretty well compared to most decks as far as the tossing lands back and forth goes. Yeah, it was unfortunate for me because he went off with only like three lands in play. He had <laughs> used a Pentad Prism plus a Spirit Guide to go off, so he had even more lands in his deck than he might normally unfortunate how many lands do they play like 18 uh, less I don't, I, I don't know maybe I don't think it's less probably around 18 19 because they don't play a fetch mana base do they I'm trying to remember some I don't know you can but you don't need to there's I guess arguments that uh, you're better off not playing fetches so that you're kind of like fetchless storm right 
the stream visions and the sleight of hands and stuff you put on the bottom that you don't want you don't have to worry about ever drawing ever again you have like half as many lands to chuck potentially well not half as many but like every land that you fetch is like taking two lands out of your deck technically right. too yeah yeah plus scry lands are just sweet in that deck and i mean you have like lotus bloom and bandit prism like your color your, your color restrictions for the turn you go off are not that hard to obtain yeah so yeah that's fair the extra fixing is usually unnecessary mm -hmm. but uh should we just jump right into these pptqs yeah i don't i didn't fnm this week so i think we can just uh trade off going through the uh the weekend we can do i guess saturday for you saturday for me sunday for you sunday for me and just kind of break it down and then we'll dip into seg after that all right sure so saturday uh both john and i played a uh, pptq at big brother in downtown sacramento um obviously i was playing uh amulet and round one i get paired against red green eldrazi now <laughs> i think i'm only into five game one and my hand was like only land was cavernous souls which was a little dicey but i mean yeah you know what are you gonna do so when i i thought about playing it and naming human to to kind of fake to pretend <laughs> like i was a a human deck for a turn or something i don't know but then i was like eh, well, if i draw a snake next turn i'd rather just be able to play that so i was like eh, i don't know if i, I guess human plays as you said yeah snake is a little bit of a more dead giveaway i think <laughs> yeah probably bit of a head scratcher for some people though probably yeah so he played a uh, cavern named human noble hierarch i was like okay must be humans and then turn two, I think he plays like a uh, Eldrazi temple. I'm like, oh, and and I don't know why in my head I, I immediately thought it was Bant Eldrazi. Why I thought <laughs> Bant Eldrazi would be more of a likely deck to play against than Red Green. Flashbacks, man. <laughs> but then he he played like, um, turn for that like a what's it called? Car Carpusian Forest. A Carpusian Forest. Carpusian yeah, yeah. Forest. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see. I got ranched that game. Um, he ended up obligating my Azusa, and I just <laughs> got totally... I mean, I was losing that game no matter what anyway, but just didn't give me the option to, to chump. That's some disrespect, man. Um, game two, I was somehow able to keep a seven-card hand. Wow. And I played a Titan on turn three, and he couldn't deal with it and died. <laughs> Sounds about <laughs> ideal. And then game three, we, I, I part of me kind of feels bad about the scenario, but then again, I don't think I necessarily did anything wrong. Um, at some point during the game, uh, re relatively late in the game, I packed for a Hornet Queen, and I say cast. I put the queen on the oh. table and say cast, <laughs> and a, my opponent immediately just like untaps lands and rips the top card of their deck and I'm just like wait wait what what's going on I said cast he's like oh I thought you said pass <laughs> I was like uh judge yeah that that's no. not what happened it's <laughs> like I don't I, I, I generally think there's just a miscommunication there but um I feel like if I'd said that, that I don't, like, am, am I implying that I'm just not triggering my Hornet Queen? Uh, 
Yeah. And, and I had something I wanted to do after casting it. Judge comes over and... Did, uh, so he says that the touch the card did indeed touch his hand. So the fix was, I was going to look at his hand and pick any one card from it and shuffle it into his library. Can you do he, lamb? You can, you can do lambs with that too, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he reveals to me a hand of land, land, thought not seer. And I'm pretty sure he drew the thought not seer because he didn't play anything the turn prior, and he had like five, six man available. Mm-hmm. So, away goes the Thought Not Seer. I get a Hornet Queen, and then I transmute for another green pact, I guess, and pass back to him. And off the top, he just draws a Thought Not Seer anyway. <laughs> but it didn't max because I have a Hornet Queen, so. The Eldrazi move single file to hide their numbers. <laughs> <laughs> so he died. Uh, round two, <laughs> I get paired against. I've written down here, bushwhacker bullshit. <laughs> I mean, yes. And what's really bizarre is that I got paired down in round two. Why I got paired down in round two has something to do with John's round one opponent, which we'll get to later. Uh, but um, uh, uh, I uh. think I, I'm also mulligan to five. Game one, I believe. Mm, yep, yep, mulligan to five. And... Opponent on the play goes land, exile, seeming spirit guide, burning tree emissary, burning tree emissary, bushwhacker, ate you. <laughs> it's like, cool. Uh, un, you know, draw my turn for my turn, play a colony garden, pass back. He plays like a Nakadal, attacks me again. Neat. <laughs> I untap, guess I'm playing this bounce land. Because I mold to five. Like, what else am I going like, to... What am I doing? Yeah. And then he just untaps and just kills me. So that was cool. And then uh, game two, I mold to six. And he goes, turn one, Narnum Renegade. And I'm like, okay, that's not too scary. And then he <laughs> goes, turn two, Burning Tree Emissary. Burning Tree Emissary. Burning Tree Emissary. Into Burning Tree Emissary. <laughs> into Damping Sphere. Wow. Okay, then. So that was, shall we say, strong. Everyone, get in here. <laughs> so I I, uh, I didn't win that game either. Yeah, I, I bet. So that felt pretty bad, losing round two <laughs> to the pair down. Uh, but, you know, what, what, what could I do? Uh, next round, I played against Jund. Good old traditional Jund. And I also mulliganed. Game one against Jund. But turns out because it's Jund, it didn't actually matter. Yeah, you'd think that mulliganing against Jund would be bad. Because it's generally, generally not mm. good when that happens. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, he just... I don't know. Like He played some goof, and it died to an EE. And I played a Titan, and the game ended. <laughs> and then game two, it was pretty funny. Uh, I had my Academy Ruins, and he plays Lily. I transmute for Engineering Explosives. And he goes, you know, play my Liliana plus it. I'm like, okay, discard this Engineered Explosives. <laughs> I might need this I later. Might need this later. <laughs> I ended up recurring that EE twice to um, blow up his 
um, Goofy Boys and a Grim Flare, I believe. And uh, when I finally did decide to draw a card for the turn, I think it was something insane. It was like a like a ballista or something. <laughs> so just like play this like this four four ballista that just shoots his Liliana all the way down to zero, and <clears throat> I got to record the ballista instead of the E. That was yeah, <laughs> that was pretty sweet. Vai vai vai. Uh, round four, play against blue white control. Um, so apparently, against blue white, you can keep basically a ham sandwich of a hand. Uh, especially if that hand contains a Cavern of Souls. So, uh, I believe game one, I just played this... I, I played, like, Taloria West on turn one. He goes land go. Turn two, play an amulet, then play a gemstone mine and pass. And he, on his turn um, three, being a, a rude dude, goes ahead and spreading seas my uh, gemstone mine. <laughs> Man, so nice I have no green spread. mana anymore. So I untap, but it's okay, I have this Cavern of Souls. So I name human, play my Azusa, but I have no more lands, so I just pass. <laughs> so Heath decides that this is a great time to uh, deploy his Jace the Mind Sculpture, because after all, I played Azusa and I don't have any lands. Right? <laughs> so he plays his Jace, and kind of to my surprise, he decides that he feels very threatened by this Azusa, and wants to return to my hand. <laughs> okay. It has been returned sure. to my hand. Uh, I uh, I untap and draw a Bounce Land for the turn. So I just get to replay my Azusa, play the Bounce Land three times, play a Titan, <laughs> give it haste, and then kill his Jace. <laughs> <laughs> God, the base for that deck, like, you just started, so you started with that turn with what in play like <laughs> oh i had amulet taloria west cavern souls on human and uh island with two mining counters on it <laughs> yeah like huh. <laughs> not not much of a base it's like truly terrifying what that deck can do <laughs> and then i got to pick up my gemstone mine to get rid of his silly spreading seas yeah <laughs> in case that were in any way relevant ever again um I think he might have had a path for the Titan, but then I just played another Titan the next turn and killed him anyway. I don't know. It didn't really matter. <laughs> uh, then game two, I transmute from my cavern. And he's, you know, I'm allowed to do that because he doesn't pressure me, like, at all. So I can just sit there and dirtle around until I have six mana in play to cavern in a giant. <laughs> and he can't do anything about it. Like, he, like, oh, you path it on, you know, ATB trigger, fine. I'll just transmute for another one and do it again next turn. Yeah, it's pretty gross. Um, apparently, so, he died with two lands and a spell snare in his hand. <laughs> spell snare only hits uh, Explorer out of my deck, which I had boarded all four copies out. <laughs> so which, uh, which deck has the better blue-white matchup? Uh, amulet or swans <laughs> you know that's a tough one probably <laughs> swans uh, probably swans they're both really good um, <laughs> like if, if amulet has cavern it's like a buy a buy <laughs> if they don't have cavern you're still favored but it's not it's not free 
I think the swans, it's pretty free almost all the time. <laughs> like the the one way you lose is to, like, a getting of the trials, right? Or something like that early. Yeah, like, if like... they just sneak in, like, a planeswalker under your nose that you can't actually deal with. Like, yeah. getting of the trials, yeah, it's tough. Uh, but anything else, like, it doesn't really matter. You can just jam a swan on turn four, and they just, like, path at a BD, and, like, okay. Thanks for the land. Thanks for the land. Now I have more lands to protect my second swan. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Like, you're pretty happy trading evenly on cards when eventually you're going to, like, hit the gas button. Yeah, because if you ever get to even, like, bolt the swan once, like, you pull pretty far ahead. And if you spread the swan, then the game just ends. Yeah, like on the spot. Um, yeah, I saw, I saw that... Uh, the person that plays blue-white control all the time at the PBTQs mm -hmm. was there, I think, at both events this weekend. Remember, it was just the Sunday event, and I was like, I think both. I, really, I really wish Chris was playing Swans and they got matched up. <laughs> 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 uh, good times. Good memories. Good memories. Yeah, because that player was, uh, like, the I think the only person I beat at a PBTQ last year <laughs> when I was yeah. on Swans, and I just destroyed them <laughs> they like just couldn't understand what was happening yeah we're down in like the zero three bracket right and just <laughs> <laughs> got like an atom bomb dropped on them yeah yeah your punishment must be more severe <laughs> uh but uh yeah anyways so would you would you play after after blue white buy <laughs> Um, after that, I played against good old Hollow One. Some Hollow Boys. So, Ivan was playing Amulet at this PPTQ and lost to Hollow One. Uh, he got turned one in Korea and discarded all of his lands, and he couldn't play Magic anymore. <laughs> so, when I got paired against uh, Hollow One, I was a little bit afeard. But he went turn one in Korea and didn't discard all my lands, so I got to play Magic, and I played a Titan on turn three or four, and turns out, Primeval Titan is better than all the creatures in his deck. <laughs> uh, Grimog Angler is not quite up to snuff. 5-5 five, five is not as big as 6-6. Six, six. Can confirm. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, he, he had to scoop it up when the old Titan boy came down. Because once a Titan hits play, it's like, I don't need cards in my hand anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's just kind of done. Like, oh, in for you to discard your Torvald, I was like, why? I can just leave that in play until I, I need to transmute it. Yeah. Um, and then I think game two, I might have just, like, nutted on him. I don't remember. Uh, actually, I think he may have gotten me to game two, but then game three, I just crushed him or something. I don't remember it very well. Must not have been very exciting. Um, so then I am now 4-1 and one going into the final round of Swiss, and I'm able to safely draw my way into the top 8. Um, I was paired against a guy who I ended up playing in the first round of top 8 anyway. Kind of weird how that happens. Um, yeah. And it turns out he was playing humans. Now, this match was really, like, kind of tilting. Um... <laughs> yeah. So it was tilting watching it. Game one, he mulligans to five cards. I'm like, ah, oh, at last. My opponent has done all the mulliganing, not I. And 
he just drew like the perfect five cards plus top deck like a god. <laughs> he had like the turn one vial and like a bunch of meddling mages to like slow me down. Yeah. So I finally kill his mages. mages to play my primeval boys and uh he his his last card he has a vial on three and I'm like Okay, I have two amulets, and I get to play my titan, finally. Do I just go for it and just, you know, try to 20 him? Force him to, to chump with his Mantis Rider? Like, what are the odds is his final card is a Reflector Mage? <laughs> like, how, you couldn't have drawn that well, right? It was a Reflector Mage. Surprise! And as it turns out, um, it's not the Reflector Mage that killed me. It was the second Mantis Rider that was on top of his deck. <laughs> because otherwise, I could have just replayed the Titan next turn and then 20 him again. <laughs> so gross. Well, more, because I could have attacked him with two Titans instead of one. But anyway. Yeah, so... Last card, perfect Reflector Mage. Top card, perfect Mantis Rider. I lost when I put a mold to five. I'm really tilted. Um, and then game two, I mulligan to five. And it's like, oh my god, this is like just... PPTQ of mulligans going on over here. <laughs> but, uh, actually, I got the sickest Kozilek's return I've ever had. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. Opponent uh, played... You were, you were not looking so good that game. <laughs> and then I looked back at the board and was like, wow. Yeah, so he goes, like, turn... Uh, I think it was, like, was it two melee mages? He had two that game as well, I think, yeah. Yeah, so he goes, like, Thalia into Meddling Mage, Meddling Mage, and then he plays a Kite Sail Freebooter. At this point, my hand is, like, um, Titan Snake Land Kozilex Return. I was like, oh. With your, uh, with your Freebooter trigger on the stack, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and cast this Kozilex Return. And he just, like, kind of looks at the board for a little bit. For, like, a good, like, I don't know, five to eight seconds. And then just scoops up all the creatures and puts them in the graveyard. <laughs> and I show him this hand of, like, yeah. yep, I'm going to untap and probably play a Titan. Yeah, the shatter pause on the on the K return was absurd. Like, <laughs> And he he didn't, he didn't uh, come back from that one. Shocking. And then game three, uh, I think I baited myself keeping a hand I shouldn't have kept. Because I mulliganed a six, and my six card hand had an EE, a Academy Ruins, but it didn't have any acceleration. It just had a pile of gemstone mines. And I played my EE, and I killed some guys or whatever, but I just didn't have anything else really going on and just died to random two twos. It felt pretty bad. I don't know. Which but I just also didn't just. didn't. I don't know. Like, going down to five again just didn't feel great yeah which uh which game is the one where you resolve the hornet queen oh that was that was game two i believe so we're like watching you know from in in the like doorway to the the room <laughs> at a safe distance and we're like oh man he's like not doing so hot and then you got the sweet wipe and then you you play the hornet queen and i'm like oh man how the hell does he lose now it's like unbeatable and then one of the guys is like what what if he phantasmal images the Hornet Queen? And we're all like, ugh. 
Which is and, exactly what happened. Yeah. Oh, he was. He was. This is. He was mana screwed that game. This was so before that though. He is on like two lands, right? He's like stuck on two lands, and he, oh, oh he, yeah. So earlier that he, game, I actually <laughs> um, rexaged his aether vial. He phantasmal images your titan, which gets him <laughs> yeah. two lands, and we're just like, ooh, 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 like disgusting. <laughs> two okay, mana, yeah, six six that gets you two fans. There's a lot more that happened during this game after I four for one him. Uh, I mean, it sound like I just played a Titan. That was the game. I mean, there's a lot more stuff that happened, but um, I did play a Titan after that, and he phantasmal image my Titan. So he was choked on mana because I I rexaged his vial on turn two, and I was kind of worried that me chumping his Thalia would just set him off to to be worried about a sweeper and not play into it. Mm-hmm. But he played into it anyway, which was great for me. I figured like, well, I don't know, like if I can save some damage and still get a three for one, like. Pfft, yeah, still pretty good. Still fine. So yeah, he did image my, my Titan to like dig himself out of being choked up on mana. I mean, you got the world's best Kozilex return, but I think he got like the world's best Phantasmal image that game. <laughs> but <laughs> to be fair, his Phantasmal, his Phantasmal Titan died to a walking ballista ping. Yeah, but uh, just the two lands was pretty good for him. I don't think he ever is even like... Yeah, I mean, approaching two mana, being in that game, two mana. Um, what hour of promise? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's pretty good still. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, yeah. So that was a that was an up and down match. That was, that was a, we were disappointed watching. And, but um, um, the bad your guy opponent has a Hornet Queen. It actually doesn't matter if your Titan is attacking with double strike and eight power. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> but uh. Bad guys won that PPT hero. Uh, scapeshift won. Oh yeah. RG mission, scapeshift. Mission failed. We'll get him next time, boys. <laughs> Not really sure how that one happened. I, maybe there was just too much like control and Jun decks running around the room. They just let him get all these free wins. Yeah. Probably. Um, we'll get into my experience in a second, and it definitely seems like that is probably the case based on how my match against another Scapeshift deck went. But yeah, that was my Saturday. Made top 8, uh, lost in the quarterfinals, mulliganed a lot that day. <laughs> a lot. Uh, yeah. yeah, so how was your Saturday event, John? So my Saturday was a little bit different um, in several ways. Uh, I actually mulliganed very little over the course of the day, which was quite nice, but I could not buy a die roll, it seems like. Uh I was on the draw most of the day, which is not exactly ideal, but it does help you get ahead on cards, which is nice for a control deck. Um, I started off the day playing against a gentleman on a Jeskai tempo deck, crammed way in the back corner of this overpopulated table in the game room. Um, some of the tables were pretty pretty spacious, right? Like, is it three, four matches at a table? Uh, yeah, I think it was three <laughs> matches per table. They're, they're pretty big tables. And then, but up at the front of the room, at the high tables, which doesn't make much sense, it was really cramped. <laughs> like overlapping playmat status. Um, but uh, so I had a pretty pretty back and forth match. Uh, I won game one, and then uh, game two, I unfortunately lost. Um, it's kind of back and forth. You know, what a lot of back and forth. Uh, back and forth i managed to uh in game one just slam uh 
a search for his Kanta into his two open mana was just kind of like, you know what, uh, I don't have much else going on, I don't have a counterspell to hold up on his turn, and if this resolves, I probably just win, and lo and behold, it resolved, and I won that game. <laughs> and this Kanta <laughs> was real good. So, um, he was on the tempo version of the deck, so uh, he didn't really have um, Field of Ruins to interact with, but he did have a Moreland Haunt, which was terrifying. Uh, fortunately, I didn't really have to slog through it too much, I didn't see it until game two, and, uh, never really got it online but what was really funny about this match is uh we're shuffling up for uh game three and uh he looks at his opener and he kind of like frowns <laughs> seems kind of unhappy mulligans and as he's shuffling he just starts he shuffles a bit you know mash shuffles and then gets ready like he's gonna present the deck and then kind of thinks and then just picks up his deck and starts thumbing through his deck frowns thumbs through again and just goes judge i'm like what <laughs> the fuck like what did like i don't understand like did he like not put enough cards in or like what's going on so the judge comes over and uh he starts explaining what you know like where we're at what's going on and the judge is like okay like what's the problem here and he's like uh i do not have a legal deck i have been playing with a 54 card deck and the judge 54? is like four 56 I'm sorry, yes, a 56-card deck. Yeah, I can't count. A 56-card deck. And the judge is like, oh. And uh, he's like, well, um, you can you know, replace the cards with basic lands, yada, yada. It's going to be a game loss here. So at this point, I'm like, oh, okay, I've just won the match. Cool. But what the hell's going on? Turns out the guy had left his playset of Snapcaster Mages on his desk back home. <laughs> just left him at home. Just those cards. That's it. Had the rest of the deck. God, it's pretty pretty brutal just came to play with 71 cards uh and he just dropped from the event yep his, his friends are like oh you know we can rustle up some statcaster mages you can stay and he's like nah nah i lost round one i'm super I'm tilted done. i'm just done i'm leaving <laughs> there's other things i can do with my day and part of me's like ah oh, well I, I guess that was like a free game win so that's cool but fuck <laughs> like my breakers are going to be really bad. That's <laughs> uh, uh, foreshadowing. Um, <laughs> so, um, intent. Uh, round two, I play against Tron. Uh, and I'm obviously very sad about this. Um, but fortunately, um, my opponent uh, is really bad at remembering his triggers. <laughs> and uh, Chris got to watch a little bit of this game. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm watching them. And... He's got the Sanctum of Ugin in play, and it seems like they're they're both kind of running a little bit light on resources. And he's just like, "Oh, play this World Breaker," and then John's like, "Okay, counter that or whatever." And so he just lets it go, like, "Yeah, just just counter it." I'm like, "Huh? He didn't trigger a Sanctum. Maybe he just has more gas." <laughs> like untaps next turn, plays like a Karn, which also gets countered, and he just doesn't trigger it again. I'm like. Like I can't imagine why he needs this extra land in play. Like, does he need, does he just already have the Ulavong? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Why didn't he just play the Ulavong then? And then, he, the next few turns, he just like doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, he just like draws, plays like Star, Crack Star, pass. I'm like, what? He just he just didn't he just didn't trigger it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sitting over here like like sweating bullets, like. Uh, uh, <laughs> And so um, 
I uh, eventually I have I have Crypt Command and the mana up, and he goes. I think he has another Karn, right? Yeah, I think it was another Karn. And so at this point, I'm like kind of wary. I'm like, okay. He's like Karn. I was like, uh huh. Passing priority. I kind yeah, of like. Yeah, you like, are you passing priority to me? And he's just like not not picking up what you're putting down. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> Huh? Yeah, I kind of coached. I kind of coached him into it, but I also wanted to be like very clear. Now that I actually had the answer, which is I don't know, maybe I should have just been like, so okay. He's like, he's like, he's like, like confused, like looking around, like what? Why are you saying? And he looks at his sanctum. Oh, I'm gonna sacrifice my sanctum. And then John's like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> <laughs> I have an it's effect. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just like uh, cryptic uh, counter your thing, bounce your sanctum, and he kind of gives me like a weird look. And usually this is the point where like Tron players call a judge. I assume he's familiar with the interaction or just, I don't know, sussed it out really quick. Kind of like gives me a weird look and he's like, oh, and like puts it back in his hand. <laughs> and uh, and we went on from there and I uh, won the game and uh, eventually the match. I think, um, I think yeah, that was he, game three. <laughs> yeah, it was game three. Uh, yeah, I had won game two. Uh, Snapcaster beats are real, ladies and gentlemen. We have so I'm just sitting there watching this game, like, <laughs> like oh god, John's hella dead. Like John is so dead here. He's just gonna true the sanctum, go get Utamog, and then the game's over. <laughs> and then he just doesn't. He just didn't sack the sanctum. Nope. I was like, oh, maybe yeah. he just has more gas, and it's like, wait, <laughs> he's he's out of gas. <laughs> like, his friends on? Co- his friends come over and they're like, brah. <laughs> Bruh, bruh, why? why? <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not gonna make that mistake again. He's like, hmm, yeah, it'd probably be good. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm pretty high um, on on beating Tron because it's obviously a terrible matchup. Uh, Damping Spirit was also p good. I think I played it in uh, game two, and I think I just killed him with Snapcaster while holding up Counter Magic. Um, so. Round three, uh, I get paired up against uh, Bring Delight Scapeshift. I'm like, oh, great, more big mana. This time it actually has interaction. Like, not exactly thrilled about this. Uh, people in the Facebook chat I'm in, like, some people play this deck and they said it's like a god awful matchup for control. So I'm like a little worried. <laughs> like, uh-huh, I'm, in, I'm in danger. <laughs> <laughs> so the way it works out is uh, game one, I'm on four mana. Uh, he's on, I guess, seven? Yeah, he untaps, gets, you know, goes seven lands, whatever. He, like, searched for tomorrow, and then did a thing, and then, uh, he's, like, uh, scape shift with two mana up. I'm like, uh, all I have is this cryptic command counter draw, and he's like, uh, is it charm? I'm like, yup, that's, that's game, okay, game two. Uh, same exact play pattern, like, he untaps with the requisite mana. I've got four mana and a cryptic command. He's like, uh, escape shift. And I'm like, mm, oh, I got this cryptic command, uh, counter draw. He's like, uh, negate. I was like, yep, let's go get lunch. <laughs> <laughs> real quick, real quick. Had, uh, had some, some delicious tater tots to cushion the sadness. <laughs> uh, come back. Uh, I got matched up against, uh, hollow one, uh, for, round four uh it was a interesting match i uh i managed to uh dodge uh getting my lands all discarded which was nice um and my opponent uh discarded hollow ones basically every time off his inquiries instead of keeping them in his hand 
um, but still kind of grindy. Um, managed to, uh, I think I just like burned him out game one. Uh, I lost game two to uh, the beats. He had uh, Venge Vines in his list, which was uh, scary. Uh, I was not thrilled about the uh, the Venge Vines. Uh, but game three, uh, Gideon, ally of Zendikar, uh, made an appearance. And he had a real hard time getting through the uh, f- the old fog machine. Uh, and eventually he decides to race me uh, and starts going face. Uh, I get him kind of low. He, like, does some stuff. And I'm not sure if he just, like, was hoping I didn't see it or if he just didn't see it himself. Um, but he goes down to five. It goes to his turn. He, like, makes a bunch of crap, sets up for, like, a big alpha the next turn, and then passes to me. And I'm just like, uh ult my Gideon, get an emblem, animate my colonnade, you're tapped out with no flyers, hit you for five, and he's like, mm, yep, yep, I'm dead. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Five, that was five colonnades, huh? Five, five colonnades, real good. Yep, I liked, I liked that one a lot. <laughs> build um, you a lava axe. Yeah, build me a, that's a real expensive <laughs> lava axe. Uh, but, uh, you know, it just takes one Gideon, just at a pinch of Gideon, uh, round five. I'm uh, a dash of Gideon. A dash of Gideon. A pinch of Gideon. <laughs> I said that uh, two ounces of Gideon. Glug, 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 I don't know. Glug. It's minus four. It seems like a full scoop. <laughs> For my opponent, it was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, round five. Uh, I know my opponent, and I know my opponent is playing Mono Green Tron. So I'm not exactly thrilled. Um, I manage to take game one he is a little unlucky in his draws and i managed to put a lot of pressure on him and um we fight over a uh a uh, world breaker for the majority of the game where uh he recurs a world breaker plays it exiles my land i cryptic it draw a card or bounce the land whatever and then i find a snapcaster and i like snap cryptic counter it bounce the snapcaster like i'm just like drawing lands this whole time and then occasionally like a snapcaster or cryptic and uh i think he replayed the same world breaker like five times maybe it was six before i finally found a path and like got rid of it for good and he's like oh man you, you got it and i was like yeah i think you got your your money's worth off that <laughs> that world breaker <laughs> uh and finally managed to uh to put him down from there uh and in our second game uh he moles to three so nice yeah he still made quite a game of it uh uh he was obviously extremely tilted uh mowing two three against a terrible match or a uh, an amazing matchup for him um but uh managed to uh finish him off with a snapcaster mage uh that took him from 20 to zero <laughs> so uh that was that was nice um and so then I'm like, great, I can draw into the top eight. This is going to be awesome. And pairings go up, and my breakers are dog shit. <laughs> they're just the worst. Uh, yeah, because my horrible. round one opponent bailed and <laughs> just left the event. So, um, and we also had some fuckery with, um, there was two separate there was matches an unintentional draw in round <laughs> two i believe courtesy of good old friend sam on martyr proc <laughs> it was the good old martyr proc versus blue white control 
matchup that had gone to time. I just want to point out that the the the, the best quote of the weekend for me was where Sam uh, Sam said that he was a fifty percent chance to draw against Jessica in blue white, and I pointed out that at that point he was likely a twenty five percent chance to win, which makes that a god awful matchup. <laughs> For everyone involved. (laughs) Turns out they both have a bad matchup (laughs) against one another. (laughs) Uh, So uh, I was forced to play, except not really, but we didn't know it at the time. So the scenario that had to play out, which did play out, was um, one of the players, uh, one or both of the players had to lose. And I believe Sam drew again, correct? Correct. <laughs> Sam was so, yet again. So as long as neither of them won, I would have been fine. But unfortunately, surprise, surprise, the two decks that had previously drawn took forever. I was placed up against humans, and the judge decided to settle on in and cozy up next to us and watch our match, thus ensuring expedient gameplay and match recording. Hmm. <laughs> not his first rodeo um so we were forced to play at a uh, a generous pace and uh i got paddled <laughs> it did not go very well um i mulliganed in all three of our games and uh my hands were not particularly good and he just kind of threw humans at me uh, not even particularly amazing draws and uh i lost the game i won was off the back of a three or four for one settle the wreckage uh which cleaned a zathrid necromancer off the battlefield which i was quite pleased about um but unfortunately i fell and ended up missing out on top eight which was very disappointing maybe next time i should just uh should have some faith and uh just force the draw <laughs> let uh let jesus take I mean, the wheel both of the players that had drawn around three had winning ends and both of them had to lose for you yeah. to be able to or draw draw, apparently (laughs) but banking on that one probably not the best well no if well okay if they drew and you drew because if they both draw if they both draw i'm not sure (laughs) let's see because uh you'd have you'd be four one one which is 13 points through 10 yeah so you would have been better <laughs> better yes so uh got to well, watch ten <laughs> well if there's three there were three one and one going in that round yeah 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 so if you yeah if they if they draw it's the same as them losing yeah 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 but uh banking on a double loss last draw is uh probably not the best choice and humans is uh supposed to be a good matchup for me uh but sadly it doesn't always work out that way and you can even lose good matchups um so i was looking in from the outside and the tron player who was very unhappy about his poor luck in the previous round uh made his way into the top eight and i think into the quarterfinals or the semifinals i mean yeah he made the semis i think he lost there yeah i think he lost in the semis so better run than me buddy sometimes we get unlucky and sometimes we get really unlucky (laughs) so how did your sunday go chris moving along to uh our what is it adventure 
adventure room, game room, and escape cafe room, room in Elk Grove, California. Escape rooms. <laughs> Something. <laughs> it's in Elk Grove. It's a store. There's it's a also an escape there. room. <laughs> we played there. Um. So, uh, I'm playing the exact same 75 I did on Saturday, and I get paired against good old Burn. Wait, wait, wait! Before before we get into Burn, you should uh, you should uh, tell tell friend tell about friend of the podcast uh, Ivan, fellow oh, amulet player and turncoat on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, so Ivan uh, played amulet on Saturday, and he got browned by like Hollow One burning inquiries and uh, other various things and he decided that he should play a bonfire of the damned on sunday you know he had one card locked in 74 cards he didn't know but he had one card locked in (laughs) (laughs) and he didn't actually have a bonfire of the damned with him so he decided that if the store did not have one, he would just play Amulet again. But if they did, he would go ahead and become public enemy number one and play Ponza. <laughs> what a monster. Lo and behold, the store did indeed have a bonfire of the damned. So we have, uh, you know, the villain himself suiting up, <laughs> swapping sleeves back and forth to make all the... P- his cards in his pawns deck have the same sleeve. <laughs> oh, he because had apparently uh, he uses ultra pros, and ultra pros can't decide to make the same recipe at for any sort of reasonable amount of time. He also <laughs> was playing four separate arts of Blood Moon and four separate arts well, of four separate, no, four separate editions printings. of Printings, yes, four separate editions. Yeah. He had four, se- four separate arts on on his Stone, Stone Rains, Rain. yes, <laughs> which. I did not realize how ugly some of the arts for Stone Rain are. They are. I mean, I quite didn't bad. know how many sets Stone Rain had been printed in. Apparently, many. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> yeah, Mirage. One in Mirage. Yeah, Mirage. Yeah. Oh, what was the other weird one? Ice Age. Ice Age. Yeah. It had the Foglio's art, which is pretty Foglio. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, a, it's, it was a dinosaur wearing uh, furs. Furs. Dinosaur wearing furs. Yes, because it's cold. Yes. <laughs> terrible art. Terrible, terrible art. Well, um, very quickly, uh, Ivan did not do well at all. <laughs> Karma. He got stuck in what I refer to as the dungeon. So there were so many people in this PPGQ, they didn't have enough space in the normal play area. So they had to open up their escape room and put tables inside there. It's like so, an Indiana Jones-esque themed escape room. <laughs> so if you were low in the standings, you got stuck playing in the dungeon, which was very dim, by the way. <laughs> I had a, Not a I lot had a of very light bad... makes its way into the dungeon. Spoilers, I ended, I ended the day with a headache from uh, squinting. <laughs> and uh, if you if you end up the dungeon, there's not much light to see and not much... Um, light uh, not many rays of hope of uh, ever <laughs> getting out of there <laughs> uh, uh. at least mm. there was like space to spread out in the dungeon <laughs> you weren't packed in like sardines yeah there was space if not light <laughs> or hope <laughs> anyway um round one 
I get paired against a um, a burn player. And game one, I mulligan to five. <laughs> so hmm. I guess this is just how the weekend's going to be. And my five land, oh, I have my five. It wasn't five lands. It was one <laughs> land, only one land, and a bunch of green spells. And my one land was Academy Ruins. I don't see so, what's wrong with that. I also lost the die roll. Um, an opponent plays a turn one Swifty Spear. I play my Academy Ruins pass, and then they play another Swift Spear, play some spells, do some things, you know, whatever. I proceed to never draw a second land ever again, and I just die. <clears throat> but it was pretty cool because I died before I had to discard a hand size, so I assume my opponent has no clue what I'm playing. They saw literally Academy Ruins, and that is all. <clears throat> Which made me slightly confused as to why my Azusa got Searing Blazed in game two. <laughs> Considering I can't imagine how many creature decks there are running around playing Academy Ruins. <laughs> Outplayed. Outplayed, say. But um, Azusa had already done her job by that point. Um, it was kind of weird. She, like, Searing Blazed at mid combat. You can't play so I'd already gotten to play my extra lands for the turn. Like, even with triggers associated with them and everything. And she just, like, fetched and blazed it mid-combat. And I was like, oh, well, I was going to give this double strike. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a very weird game. Um, I guess she just had, like, a bunch of, like, rift bolts and stuff and not a lot of creatures. Uh, she finally uh, plays an Eidolon. And I untap and played an 8-8 Walking Ballista. I mean, sorry, an eight mana walking ballista, <clears throat> just a four four. Shrimpy boy. I had the opportunity to rexage the eidolon, but that would cost two life, and why would I ever want to do that? I just played this four four ballista instead, and uh, <clears throat> offered her the chump, which uh, she took, <laughs> I believe, and um, I basically just. Spent the rest of the game pumping and attacking with his ballista. Occasionally shot down a um, goblin guide. And I ended up killing her by giving my 5-5 ballista double strike. Excellent. <laughs> you know, pump it, kill your blocker, give a double strike, slap you, shoot you for the rest. Seems good. Ballista does it all. It protect, but it also attack. Um... <clears throat> Game three, I think I also mulliganed to six, because that's what I do. I mulligan. But I had a Radiant Fountain that game. So I had a Radiant Fountain and a Colony Garden, which bought me just enough time to play a Titan. And there was one opportunity where she got me down to seven life, and if she had exactly Brawl Charm plus Lightning Bolt, she would have won the game. Uh, she had one card in hand, which was a Burrow's Charm, and she drew Wooded Foothills for the turn and died on my next turn. So, yay me. Skill at magic. Opponent didn't get there. We finally um, won the match despite mulliganing four times in the same round. <laughs> uh, next round, I'll play against Humans, and Humans is a deck that I haven't played much against with Amulet at all. I think one of the first times I've ever played against it was the day before... In the top eight. 
to understand that. <clears throat> yeah, I, it's because nobody plays a deck at Great Escape, and even when I went to the side events at the GP, and I just didn't play against it, I don't know. Um, apparently the matchup, according to Ivan, is very straightforward. Either they kill you and run you over, or you play a big boy and they can't answer it. Um, so this is the first round in a long time that I didn't mulligan at all. And my hands were insane. Uh, game one, I go turn one amulet. I think he goes like, either vile? Or maybe no hierarch? <clears throat> I don't know. It doesn't really matter. I got to play turn two Azusa into explosives on two. And then turn three, play a titan, attack him, and then kill all of his two drops mid-combat. <laughs> ah, he's, yes. He scooped mid it up right there. Oh, there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shocking. And then game two, I believe I had two amulets. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah. He, it's pretty good. He played, like, he curved out, right? He had, like, Noble Hierarch into, like, Thalia's Lieutenant into Mantis Rider or something like that. But then I just attacked him for 20, and he had to jump with his uh, Mantis Rider. <laughs> which made him fall down to 3 life. And, as it turned out, if he had a... He only had one card left in his hand, and if it were a Reflector Mage, uh, I still would have been able to attack him with a Lethal Plant Token. <laughs> the plus two and then double strike it yeah so he would have had to have uh, I guess Reflector Mage would trade with it but every other creature he had in play would have um, just chumped this plant <laughs> uh, which was pretty sweet actually I had two snakes as well so I could just send in the entire team and then whichever one he doesn't block just becomes lethal yep <laughs> that was pretty cool uh, opponent was a little less enthused yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. Um, next round, we'll be playing against uh, John's nemesis, Mono Green Tron. And I win the die roll, and game one, I get a Titan in play the turn before he has Tron, so I get to attack him with it and then go get a Ghost Quarter post-combat to keep him off of Tron for one more turn, which means you can't really do anything about me giving my Titan Double Strike on the following turn, which would kill him. Where can you learn such power? <laughs> uh, and then game two was a little bit slower, but I was able to um, play my Ghost Quarter and then Vesuva to copy it and Ghost Quarter him two turns in a row to keep him off of Tron for those two turns, which let me get a Titan into play, which was enough to, to, uh, to finish him off. And uh, I... You know, I don't mean to be like a, a jerk or whatever, but uh, he was—he mentioned something about how my deck was shinier than his. <laughs> uh, so I guess he bought his friend's copy of Amulet that was only like halfway foiled out. And I was like, oh, so you play Amulet too, huh? And he's like, yeah, I play it sometimes for fun or whatever, but I'm more of a Tron player. <laughs> I just thought in my head, is it because... Is it because you're not good enough? rude rude <laughs> yeah it's pretty rude but god like tron is just you, you say that sneak and show is the knuckle dragger deck of legacy <laughs> yeah i think tron yeah. is like if not the knuckle dragging deck of modern free banana with two free banana with purchase 
<laughs> I mean, it's it's not rocket science. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I think Owen Turtenwald like wrote in his I think it's I think it was Turtenwald in his article was writing about how um, he felt like it was a waste of his talent playing the deck, but he also thought it was the best deck to be playing. So. <laughs> you know proverbial shoulder shrug <laughs> so he played it <laughs> yeah <laughs> dedication right there Ugh. like i think the only deck that you could argue is more dull and boring in far as like decision making and difficulty to play than drawn is um red green escape shift yeah boggles is probably up there too i mean with boggles at least you have to like I don't know sequence auras correctly maybe there's I, times where you don't attack with all of your slippery boys <laughs> I got to see a very unhappy Boggles player being explained to uh, by a judge why after his uh, opponent I think it was like an EE for one or something and he had a bunch of stuff stacked up on a I think it was a spirit dancer they are explaining why his uh his daybreak cornet fell off. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> he was not exactly happy looking. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, although if you had two daybreak cornets, it would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, man. It's funny how that one works. <laughs> <laughs> I just need, you know, you got to jumpstart them, but once once you're going, you're good. <laughs> Um, yeah, so then uh, next round in round four. God, this this round is weird. So uh, me and my, another guy are both sitting there at the 3-0 table, and we have no opponents. We're sitting in some empty chairs. Like, sweet. <laughs> now, I don't know about you, John, but I think literally every comp REL event I've ever played ever has had a 0-10 rule with tardiness. Yeah. For some reason, today, it was 3.10. Yeah, when they announced it, I uh, I was pretty surprised by the 3. Pretty surprised. Because, you know, it's not like it was difficult to get to your seats. It was pretty spread out and everything. Yeah, it was it was a little bit weird to me, the 3. But, so, like, all right, well, start the round. <laughs> Set the, uh, the guy next to me sets up a, a timer... We're sitting there waiting, and so, so just up. as an aside, real quick, you uh, do you get an extension if your opponent shows up late in that scenario? Yes. Okay. Because I would be livid if you didn't. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, I, I kind of wasn't sure if we would get uh, time extensions or not, and in the event that we didn't, I think that would be totally ridiculous. Yeah. Right. For for no reason, you just lost. Seems like a great way to force a draw with a really slow deck. Yeah. Like, oh, I, I didn't hear the pairings. Uh, some, you know. Anyway. Uh, and so both of my my opponent and this other guy's opponent uh, bust into the door right at, like, the three-minute mark. And I'm like, oh, well, they're not in their seat, so it's still a game loss, right? Like, that's how it works. You're in your seat. I mean, yes. But and no. then <laughs> Judge comes up and says, like, oh, well, they were walking in with me at three minutes, so... I, I won't be issuing a game loss. Like, oh. Okay. <laughs> I mean, 
you're the head judge here. The fuck am I going to do about it, right? <laughs> Complain on your podcast, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> the masses will hear about this. <laughs> um, so they sit down, like, oh my god, that was crazy, blah, blah, blah. I guess, some, I guess they had left for food the previous round and some event happened. What exactly happened, I don't know, and I'm not particularly concerned with the details. Um, <laughs> all I know is that you're standing in my way of top eight. And uh, opponent starts off with uh, Cameron Zoll's, uh I don't okay, great, one more human boy. Um, I, oh yes, game one. Ah, game one. Game one, opponent decided that he's going to play, the third line he's going to play is going to be Seachrome Coast. You know what Seachrome Coast does not do, John? Uh, come into play untapped if it's your third land, or fourth land, <laughs> I should say. Well, it was his third land, so it comes into play untapped. Uh, it's not a, hmm. Oh, does not cast uh, Noble Hierarch. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it d- does not. Why is this important, you may ask? Well... Um, he seems to have a relatively aggressive draw. He has like uh, you know hierarch into champion plus lieutenant, and then Manchester the following turn. Yeah, it's a respectable amount of damage. He attacks me down to like eight or something. I'm like, yeah, lol, take it. And he's like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> well, I untap. I play a crumbling vestige. Which produced three mana, thanks to two amulets, and Ugh. made a blue off of the ETB trigger, and then I was able to cast a Hive Mind. <laughs> and then I subsequently cast a Summoner's Pact. And he looked down at his lands, which were Seachrome Coast, Unclaimed Territories, Unclaimed Territories, and he had a Noble Hierarch. <laughs> Excellent. He looks back at me, looks back at his lands, reveals a Horizon Canopy from his hand, and says, Huh. <laughs> scoops his cards. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Most excellent. <laughs> so that felt pretty good, I guess. Um, game two. I think game two, I just got got. Um, he, like, freeboots away something, and then I transmute for an EE, which would have been insane. It would have, like, three for one time, plus got my card back from his freebooter. But, of course, he had a meddling mage named my EE. And I couldn't quite get a tight end to play before I died to his assortment of tutus. <laughs> it's surprising how often the army of tutu dummies gets you. Yeah, it was a little, a little frustrating. You know, it's always frustrating losing to like the the grizzly bear squad. You know, because <laughs> you feel like, oh, I just need to draw this one thing, and I'm and I'm a okay, and then you just never do. And you died at mediocre beats. And it kind of it's like how Death and Taxes wins every game that they win. Just kill you with this mediocre is correct. beats. <laughs> this is 100% correct. So we have to go on to a uh, game three. And I don't remember particularly well what happened. All I know is that he kind of got run over. Oh, I think he was upset he... No, 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 no. It involved me drawing both of my engineer explosives, just naturally. Delicious. <laughs> so it was pretty good. So uh, at this point, I'm 4-0, and I'm able to double draw my way into the top eight. 
Um, as it turns out, it would have been safe for me to play around six. I was, still would have made it in at, at the eighth or seventh seed if I had lost. Uh, I am not the best at tournament math, so I was slightly afeared some stupid screwy thing would happen and I'd get booted out, so I just ID'd again to guarantee the, the top eight. Where I was matched up with the mono green Tron player that John had played the day before and had been forgetting his Sanctum triggers. <laughs> so here he is, uh, back again. In top eight. But unfortunately, he is on the play. Um, so in game one, can you guess what I do? Lose. I mulligan. <laughs> Down to six. And my six is like, okay, but not great. Um, it doesn't really have anything going on until a turn three Azusa, but the turn after that, I can play a Titan and get things going. So I figure, you know, it's probably about as good, if not better than a five. So I, I roll with it. Uh, turns out he has turn three Karn... Turn four Karn, turn five Karn. <laughs> I uh, didn't yeah. get there. Wow, shocker. I finally scooped it up when I no longer hit any permanence. Yeah. <clears throat> and he still had a Karn. <laughs> yeah, Wise decision. Um, game two is kind of interesting. Um, I don't have notes here that we anyone mulliganed. But... My hand was not super explosive, but I did have Ghost Quarter. So I was able to, like, like kind of Ghost Quarter him to keep him a little bit off balance and manage to sneak a Titan in there, but then he was able to World Break away my Haste Land, so I couldn't haste in another Titan. But I had was able to transfer for Pact Navigation, so my idea was... I had the opportunity to counter the world breaker, but I wouldn't be able to kill him the following turn because he exiles my haste land. So if I counter world breaker and he untaps and plays Ulamog and exiles both of my titans, I just lose the game. <laughs> but if I just let the world breaker resolve, I can attack him. I can play my second titan, go get my double strike land, bounce it to my hand, play it for land of the turn and attack him. He has to block because he's at 11 and if he doesn't, he just dies to my double striking titan. And then, if he plays Ulamog the next turn, at least I get to counter it. And then I'll still have, like, a Planch token or, like, an Azusa or something to try and try and do something to end the game with or whatever. <laughs> um, so, I let the roll break resolve, I give my Titan double strike, he has to block it, and it turns out he did not have the Ulamog for the first time in literally forever. Opponent, Tron opponent had 10 mana and did not have an Ulamog. And uh, he died because of it. Womp womp. And then in game three, I mulligan to five and lose. Wow. Opponent has natural Tron Karn on the play, and yeah, pretty hard to beat. That was that was uh, that was the match. <laughs> but uh, I guess I shouldn't be too disappointed with uh, top baiting back to back PPTQs. But um, yeah. immediately losing to mulliganing to five a million or a million times in the top eight just didn't feel good either. Yeah. I don't know. Kind of good results, but also a little bit disappointing. Are you uh, are you a hollow one? <laughs> <laughs> Victory feels a little hollow. Uh, oh, the other thing about the uh, the Sunday event was I, I got a bunch of credit, but man, the the 
selection was bad. Thanks for picking single up those selection grids. Was, was not, <laughs> not good. I was even looking through for random like garbage for my EDH decks, and I I didn't find anything there either. Yeah, it was yeah, it was slim pickings. Yeah, it was not not the not flush, not the flushest of offerings. So, uh, what about you, John? How did your Sunday PPDQ go? So, mine was uh, not as successful as yours, and we're running a little short on time, so I'll, I'll keep it brief. <clears throat> uh, round one, I got played against our good old friend, Mr. Monogreentron. Same gentleman I played against Mr. on... Mr. Missio Pact? Missio Pact, yeah. Oh, Missio Trigger? Uh, Missio Trigger. Yeah. Uh, so, I played against him. He uh, did not miss his, uh, his triggers. Um... In fact, he triggered me. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, basically what happened was uh, I got uh, dumpstered by uh, World Record and uh, Fast Tron. Uh, I won one game off the back of Damping Sphere and Snappy Beats, but the other two games, uh, I died. Uh, at the end of our match, he says, uh, were you at the PPK yesterday? You look familiar. And I just kind of wall-eyed him. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> We we played. <laughs> I I beat you. <laughs> <laughs> Losing to Jessica, I feel like would be a more notable event than beating Jessica. <laughs> Maybe he just tried to block the memory out. Yeah, right. Cleanse it, cleanse it. Uh, so I lost. Uh, bad start to the day. Was feeling pretty down already. Um, and I knew that uh, Ivan and two other people were out there lurking on Ponza. <laughs> <laughs> which was not exactly a thrilling prospect since I uh, expected them to be in the loser's bracket. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> wish they were. <laughs> yes, which they were. Uh, so I put it against Junt round two. Uh, summary of that match is uh, turn three Liliana on the plate is really good, and I can't beat it. Uh, round three, I was in the dungeon, and <laughs> holy crap, is it hard to see in there. Uh, I was squinting at my cards. Uh I took much longer than normal to evaluate my opening sevens because I wasn't entirely confident what was in my hand. <laughs> so. so when I finished my third round, um, I went looking for John. I couldn't find him for a little while. <laughs> and I was like, what happened? And then eventually I, I see, noticed the open door of the dungeon. <laughs> and I see Sam playing down there in the dungeon. And I was like, what? And I poke my head in and sure enough, there, there's John. <laughs> Stuck with a lot of them. The rest yeah. of the Ponza players in the dungeon. Yeah. So I played Ponza round three, uh, and uh, I was extremely successful in my quest to uh, purge the demon that is Ponza from the uh, the loser spinners bracket. Maybe putting them in the losers losers bracket. I don't know. Uh, I beat Ponza. It was good. I felt good. Uh, game three. Uh, actually, it was 2-0. Uh, so game one. Oh, I'm sorry. No. It was three games. Pardon me. The reason I forget is because game one, he played turn three Blood Moon on the play, and that was that. Uh, <laughs> game uh, two, uh, I had lots of answers for his Blood Moons. I think I destroyed three Blood Moons that round. I think I destroyed three Blood Moons. Uh, and then the third game, I uh, killed him with triple Ambush Viper. <laughs> <laughs> and he had nothing but infinite blood. Uh, uh, blood blade. Oh uh, yes, blood braid elves. Sorry, the name was evading me for a second. He had uh, a bunch of blood braid elves. I had a bunch of stab casters, 
uh, and I managed to muck my way through it. Um, interestingly enough, I did not cast a single piece of counter magic that entire match. <laughs> just uh, just answering everything on the board, which uh, not exactly where you always want to be with Jeskai, but that's how it went. Um, despite my win, I was still designated to the dungeon for the fourth round. <laughs> And I was actually at the same table, but in the corner, which was darker than the seat I was at the round before. Oh, yeah, it was. Because the round, the seat I was at the round before was at least under one of the dim lights. This one was off in the corner with no lights above it. Off to the side of the dim light. Yes, yes. Off, tucked into the corner. Um, there was a wand uh, on the on the like ledge next to us. My opponent pulled it out and was just kind of made a gesture like, why the hell is this here? <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, I lost to Blue Moon. Uh, he was on the Breach version of Blue Moon and um, kind of got pressured by the fact that they can Breach you at end of your turn and then Breach again on their turn um, once you've kind of stared at each other for a while. The magic kind of goes on for a while. It's hard to put much pressure. Um, one of the games I thought I had an opening, I had about, like, 12 points of burn available to me and uh he let himself dip a little low i think he took a couple snap pits he didn't necessarily need to take he was trying to hold on to his burn instead of using it on my guy and i saw my opening i tapped out so that i could untap and kill him the next turn and i got immercold so uh that felt bad <laughs> uh he was i think at one card in hand which i suspected was a, a breach and uh he drew into the immercold and murdered me um, so that, that didn't feel so hot. Um, lost that one. But fortunately, by round five, enough people had dropped that I was out of the dungeon. Uh, barely. I was in the first seat outside the dungeon, and I got to play against uh, a player on Sultai Infect. Um, it was his first event playing with Sultai instead of just straight green-blue. And um, he wasn't... He didn't have the it didn't seem like he was very familiar with the play patterns playing against control it didn't seem like he knew all the cards uh he's a really nice guy uh and um uh it was a pretty easy matchup for me um just kind of chatting with him afterwards about you know how he could sequence and stuff and uh he i think he sideboarded out his crusaders which is obviously very incorrect so i yeah. informed him about what a terrible card that is for just guy and how he should play it crush people with it and then lap up their tears <laughs> so I've I've helped create a monster. Um, I'm sure he will be out there shit stomping just guy players in no time. But fortunately, I was lucky enough to sneak through with the win and made it into the last round where I actually played probably my best match of the day against Storm. Uh, it was a very extremely long match and it was very interactive. My opponent was a friendly guy. Uh, I won game one and game two took forever. Um, much like how at the beginning of Saturday uh, I jammed a search for his Kanta against my Jeskai opponent on turn 2 and it resolved uh, he jammed a Pyromancer's Ascension against me turn 2 and I did not have a counter spell in hand and uh, it murdered the shit out of me <laughs> I had a Damping Sphere in play for most of the game eventually he managed to get it off the battlefield with a wipe away and go ham on me um, but that was in I believe turn 0 or 1 of turns when he finally murdered me and we ended the match with a 1-1 record. So, final record for the day was a delightful 
two, three, and one. God, it was awful. At least the last match of the day did not leave me on a sour note. It was quite interactive, fun magic, but it left me with a splitting headache. Or maybe it was from squinting at my cards all day in the dungeon, I'm not sure. Uh, and then I got to watch Chris get uh, coup de grade by uh, Mono Green Tron, my forgetful opponent from the last two days. <laughs> and uh, we all got to go get some dinner. <laughs> Which is the, the real winner. Winning yeah. play of the day. Yes. Play of the day. So uh, that was our, our PPTQ weekend. Chris was uh, successful but not triumphant. And uh, I had a near miss on day one and a dismal failure on day two. <laughs> but fear not, John. There are more PPTQs in the future. Yes, there are more. There are an awful lot of of tron players in our meta it seems like though <laughs> perhaps i should crack out something like uh spirits which is my uh my backup deck i'm sitting on <laughs> so i guess briefly i want to kind of talk about the metas a little bit the um meta on saturday was very different there was zero kci decks zero affinity decks uh i don't know if there were hardly any burn decks maybe like one maybe. and just a bunch of tron and scape shift and there was like jund and blue white and just guy very kind of like big mana and mid-ranger not a whole lot else going on it was what it seemed like yeah and there's a few like hollow ones sprinkled here and there and l green red green Eldrazi, and a little bit of variance but the the big the big decks were like mid-range control and big mana there was a smattering then, of humans too i believe yeah and a bit of humans i'm going to sunday there was like a merfolk player a bunch of humans a ton of burn still some tron um i think like the same one or two jun players or something but like, uh, no scapeshift players though right no no scapeshift at all <laughs> not a single valakut in the room well, like one of them ponza players one of the scapeshift guys won so <laughs> um he was removed from the pool yeah but there was just there was, a, there was so much burn so much burn and merfolk even made top eight somehow yeah, it's a miracle. I kind of wish I'd played against them in top eight. <laughs> but uh, anyways, uh, we'll very briefly touch on SCG Indy. Uh, a lot of the same decks we're used to seeing, except we fell through a time warp, because uh, apparently the finals was Jund versus Burn. Um, so that's a blast from the past. Um, we also saw uh, Monogreen Tron, two humans players, an affinity deck, a storm deck piloted by Caleb Scher, who will play storm until the heat death of the universe, and one Jeff Hoogland in sixth place playing blue red wizards. Uh, I believe he went undefeated in the Swiss, except for the final round where he scooped a Tron player into the top eight uh, because he thought he had a good matchup against it. <laughs> yeah, that guy got third. <laughs> Lucky him. Do you know what Jeff got bodied by in the top eight? Uh, humans, I believe. Mm. I think he just got unlucky against humans. I think Sam. I think he played against Sam. Grab Grabner, I think. Wouldn't swear to it, but I think that's how that went. Yeah, I mean, sometimes humans just kind of curves out on you and 
yeah. You think the ten lightning bolt deck would have a good matchup against the uh, humans, but that deck is really good at just beating everything sometimes. But uh, one spellsitter sprite, a four, a full playset of nimble obstructionists, good old stifle bird, uh, and uh, two main deck lava mancers. Interesting deck. Actually, using Alpine Moon on the board, I'm assuming just because it's so mana efficient. Yeah. Um, interesting deck. Very tempting. I love these 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 counter burn decks. Um, I'm worried that this um, phenomenal uh, performance will tempt me to play a deck that is probably not as uh, as good as some of these other decks <laughs> might lead me astray. So uh, I'm trying to avert my eyes, but the more I look at the list, the more I want to play it. Uh, I love I love me a a, a Delver of Secrets Grimovamancer deck, so I uh, have to trot this one out sometime soon. It's okay, John. I'm sure Nimble Instructionist is real cheap online. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like it's uh, a little slightly over a dollar a copy. <laughs> that was uh, the standout events from the uh, the top of uh, SEG ND. We don't really have time to get into it since we uh, talked about the PPTQ so much. Uh, but before we uh, we go away, let's talk about our slot of the week real quick. Chris, what's your what's your card? You're super hyped to get into your 75 this week. I'm sure it's uh, going to be one of the cards you've already been playing, right? Um, well, I think super hyped may be a little bit of a stretch, but um, <laughs> since I didn't really know what to do with my credit at the uh, Sunday store, I decided to go ahead and buy myself a foil Nissa Stewart of Elements. <laughs> um, people have been talking about this card in Discord chat, uh, I mean the Discord, and everyone's convinced that it's really bad. I agree with them, but <laughs> that's not going to stop me from putting it into my deck on Friday night. Because it's foil, so it plays. I see. Keyword being Friday here. <laughs> um, so my my uh, bingo sheet of the night of the evening is gonna have one square, and it's gonna be uh, kill someone with my Nissa minus six. And if that means I'm playing in freight mana and immediately ulting it, it still counts. <laughs> I see. <laughs> hmm. You should have another square for dying after you do that before you get to swing. Or do they have haste? They have haste. Oh, excellent. And they fly. Oh. <laughs> Some flappy great. boys. Great. <laughs> yeah, you can just, like, zero it, and if it has, uh, what, six loyalty, and you hit a titan, it just comes into play. How great oh, is that? How can you pass that one up? <laughs> it's like free titans. <laughs> <laughs> it's free real estate. Uh, <laughs> so what's your uh, slot of the week, John? My Soul of the Week is a card that I'm actually playing in my deck um, at a real event. <laughs> uh, Gideon Ally is in the card. Um, I did a lot of soul searching while I was away in Alaska, uh, being one cold boy. And I decided that uh, in a lot of games, uh, Gideon Ally is in the card does effectively the same thing as uh, six mana Elspeth, uh, something that people have disagreed with me about because obviously they are very different cards that do very different things. But uh, very frequently in the mid range and control matchups, you want a dude machine, a thing that just spits out dudes because control decks can't deal with a bunch of dudes getting spit out by a planeswalker that they can't kill. And Gideon Allies in the card comes down two turns earlier, which lets you bring it in in matchups like Hollow One, um, before you die. And uh, I was very pleased with it, um, and I saw it against Hollow One, 
and um, I'm pretty sure it's the correct card to have on my sideboard over Elspeth. Um, so that is my slot of the week. Thank you for listening and sticking around to the very end. If you're wondering where else to find us, head on over to mtgconflicts.com. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube under the same name, MTG Conflicts. And if you have any suggestions or comments you'd like us to read, please feel free to shoot us a message on one of those platforms. Again, we really do appreciate you sticking around, and we hope you'll join us in the next one. Later. Later.